Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Boston Sanctuary since 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the Boston metropolitan area and beyond. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. We're located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets in downtown Boston, Massachusetts. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. Hurrying between appointments early one morning last week, lines from half-remembered biblical texts surfaced, unbidden in my mind. The first from Psalm 46, Be still and know that I am God. There's a good idea. Slow to a standstill, quiet the mind, and know, experience our deep interconnectedness. When we're pitching headlong through life, we forget. The second, also biblical, astonishing, I know, is the opening of the second verse of Genesis. Creation had been finished, it says, and God ended his work and rested. Stillness and rest. As I thumbed through a book of Anna Quinlan columns recently, the one that jumped off the page is entitled, Doing Nothing is Something. Inquiring minds want to know, why are we not hibernating? That passage from Genesis continues, then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it he had rested from all his work. I'm thinking that God could have checked it all out as he went along and just kept going, but um, the story says that it wasn't till quitting time that he stopped all that creating and got still. And only when he stopped to rest could he see that it was good, very good. Bringing a spiritual dimension into our lives requires us to get still. Especially in global cities, we experience increasingly more pressure, fewer boundaries, and less stability in our daily work. Part of it can be blamed on globalization, which creates this enormous economic pressure that everyone is pushed to their limits. But, and technology, contemporary idols that have created longer and longer work weeks. In a way, we're always on. But when we speak of there being no time to lose, we want to reflect on the balance between running relentlessly and diving deep. There are choices before us, and it is ours to choose to run ourselves ragged, careening through our days, or to live well and be well. My friend Lama Suridas recently traveled to Maui to visit with his wonderful old Dharma brother, Ram Das, whom he has taken to calling Baba Rum Raisin. <laughs> Ram Das tells a great story of an evening in the early 1970s when he was giving a talk on his book, Be Here Now. The room was full to overflowing with flower children dressed in white with mala beads around their necks hell-bent on higher living through psychedelics. Everyone smiled a lot. 
and an elderly woman dressed in a little hat bedecked with fake cherries and wearing sensible shoes, a black patent leather pocketbook in her lap, sat in the front row, glowing. She stuck out. And Ramdas noticed that as he talked, she nodded at everything he said. And the more outrageous, and he says, the more far out his lecture became, the more vigorously she agreed. At the end of the evening, she approached him and thanked him for sharing his wisdom. Everything he talked about, she said, was exactly her experience of the universe. Ramdas was completely thrown off. How do you know, he asked her. What have you done that led you to otherworldly experiences? And the old woman leaned in and whispered conspiratorially, I crochet. <laughs> that was for you, Mary Marcel. <laughs> this is the spiritual practice of doing nothing or next to nothing, the spiritual practice of rest. It's a kind of poverty mentality, a kind of greed that is always grasping at the next thing, and there is no enough. Author Susan Jeffers writes, raising our standard of living is truly about needing less and enjoying more. Don't just do something. Sit there. Back to the Bible. Why? Well, we are not hibernating, although I could make an impassioned argument for it. But we should be resting, at least occasionally. And the Bible is the origin of all things Sabbath. You'll recall, though, that as the story goes, God liberated the Israelites from slavery in Egypt. And when Moses is given the Ten Commandments, God equates the sweetness of the Sabbath to freedom from slavery. Here's the fourth commandment. If you're following along, we're in the fifth verse of Deuteronomy. Observe the Sabbath to keep it holy. Six days shall you labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath. In it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your manservant or your maidservant or your ox or your donkey or any of your livestock, nor the sojourner who is within your gates, that your manservant and your maidservant may rest as well as you. And remember, here it comes, remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt and that the Lord thy God brought thee out thence with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord thy God commanded thee to keep the Sabbath. In other words, if you're working, 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 you're a slave, and God has something better in mind for you. Franz Kafka wrote, you do not need to leave your room. Remain sitting at your table and listen. Do not even listen. Simply wait, be quiet, still, and solitary. The world will freely offer itself to you to be unmasked. It has no choice. It will roll in ecstasy at your feet. 
in Sabbath time, we are invited, indeed, we are commanded to enjoy creation. Early in her inner 40s, up to her ears in the frenzy, journalist Judith Shulevitz decided to research and experience the tradition and practice of the Sabbath. The goal of Sabbath Time, the beautiful book that resulted from this engagement, was to shatter the habits of mindless workaholism and the inability to recognize the blessings of rest, reflection, spirit, and family. She writes, my mood would darken until by Saturday afternoon I'd be unresponsive and morose. My normal routine, which involved brunch with friends and swapping tales of misadventure in the relentless quest for romance and professional success, made me feel impossibly restless. I started spending Saturdays by myself. It was only much later, Judith Shulevitz continues, that I developed a theory about my condition. I was suffering from the lack of a Sabbath. There's ample evidence that our relationship to work is out of whack. Ours is a society that pegs status to overachievement. We can't help admiring workaholics. Let me argue instead, she says, on behalf of this institution that has kept workaholism in reasonable check for thousands of years, the Sabbath. We need to reimagine the Sabbath, to update it from a time that people worked in the fields from sunup to sundown. Although traditionally Jewish people don't write or use the phone on the Sabbath, our friend Sylvia Borstein explained to me that the Sabbath rules came from the days of the shtetl, a little village. To be in touch with friends who are scattered throughout the world is in keeping with the spirit of the Sabbath. We're supposed to rest and enjoy one another. Sylvia still hopes no one will catch her writing email or on the phone. Um, but the evolution of the Sabbath is a work in progress. So maybe it's not a whole day. Maybe it's just an hour or so, most days, or many days. Making and taking Sabbath time. In a great piece called Wisdom and Sabbath Rest, Presbyterian Pastor Tim Keller suggests time for sheer inactivity. Think hibernation. Time for avocation, for doing the things we love, and time for what he calls contemplative rest, recreational rest, and aesthetic rest. He observes that family time is not necessarily Sabbath time. And he cautions that as we reinvent the Sabbath for these times, we would best avoid the temptation to the legalism of specific rules for what we can and can't do. I met a lovely woman this week whose job is in pharmaceuticals. She was curious about my work. I told her I'd been wondering why humans don't hibernate and that I was going to speak with you about it this morning. And as I said the word hibernate, she came alive. Have you ever sat next to someone at a dinner party who could speak compellingly for 20 minutes on the hibernation of bacteria? Well, I know you'll want to know that as much as 80% of bacteria in the wild appear metabolically inactive during the cold months, and that dormancy 
is thought to be responsible for the high diversity levels of most natural ecosystems. How cool is that? Rest creates diversity. Rest creates life. Beloved spiritual companions, I commend you to the spiritual practice of rest. May we slow to a standstill, quiet our minds, and experience our deep interconnectedness, Sabbath. Let us take to our deepest consideration that doing nothing is something. Don't just do something. Sit there. Or sit there and crochet. May we stop to rest and see that it is good. It is very good. Amen. <laughs>